Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to today's episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. My name is Nick Bonney. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Bonney. I'm joined as always by my brilliant co-host, Lachlan Irvin. You can find him on Twitter at Lock in the Crease and his writing at Canucks Army. Lachlan, I, I, we can put the picture of a forks away for just a brief moment. The Vancouver Canucks won in regulation. They got to two points. We can just ease it back maybe a bit for now. Yeah, a little bit, can't we? Especially like, you know, you get to take in the joy of watching, you know, it's Patrick Kane's 1000th NHL game uh, or like the uh, self, the ceremony. I was going to vomit anyway, watching the, that ceremony. Like I, just, I, I was, I did not pay one lick of attention during that. And you know what? Like there, and you know, that's not to just, obviously Patrick Kane's a very talented hockey player. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why we necessarily we shouldn't necessarily be yeah. celebrating anything the Chicago Blackhawks do uh, right now, um, especially when it ties into like the 2010 era yeah. team. Um, I-, I tweeted this out after after the uh, the lot after the win last night by the Canucks. The Chicago Blackhawks will not win a game until Stan Bowman stands trial at the Hague. <laughs> Uh, I would, I would, you know, I'd love to believe that that's the karmic realignment, uh, that, that would happen, uh, would, would, it would, that would be required. Uh, of course, uh, life is not that easy. And, uh, you know, I'm sure some, I'm sure an Arizona Coyotes team will give them a win at some point. Um, but for one night only, it was very nice watching, like, uh, watching the Canucks win a game and maybe not as convincingly as you would like. But uh, at the very least, you see, like, there was, there was the tweet, I believe, from Mark Lazarus, a uh, very good uh, Hawks beat reporter uh, video. He took video of the, the end of the game and how the and how the fans at the United Center were booing the Blackhawks off the ice mm. for the second straight delicious. game. Delicious. I love it. I love to see yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, that's that'll that makes your weekend. That makes your weekend. That's the kind of like, yeah, we did something good. We did. We did. We did a good thing this uh this uh today so yeah the hawks are coming there the canucks are coming off a a win finally uh a regulation win even more importantly they did not give up a single point and uh again they didn't look like the best they possibly could but they they still took care of business yeah so we're going to get into uh last night's win versus the chicago blackhawks a 4-1 win we'll talk about thatcher demko because he's had a very strong uh start to the season and we'll preview Saturday night's game, the Canucks versus the Seattle Kraken, the first. And what are we calling it? What are we we talked about this on a previous episode. I called it the Cascadia conflict. Yeah, that, I believe that's what you called it, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, the I've, I I think that's that's probably again that's probably about where it's going to be. I think it's going to be Cascadia something or like the yeah. something of. Cascadia. I, I see a lot of people. I see a lot of people online saying it should be Squid Game. But here's the problem. Okay, Squid Game. <laughs> That you 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 would think that's a good title, okay? But you'll want something that's gonna last the test of yeah, time. You want something not, that's like, gonna last the test of time. It, it's a hot show now. It's a hot yeah. show now, but what about in a year? It's like remember when everyone yeah. watched was obsessed about Tiger King when we couldn't go out of our house? Right. Now who's is, now yeah. who, now who's talking about it? No one. Yeah, so no. you no want something that stands the test of time. 
<laughs> Locked on Joe Exotic coming to you next week. Um, oh, there's going to be so no. many Joe Exotic costumes this Halloween that we can actually like, go out and party. Uh, no, so uh, you many. know what? I don't. I I don't think there will be. I think I think that again. I think you're. I think you're right in the sense of like that ship totally sailed, and last Halloween was the time to do it. If you have it, it's too late. Um, uh, like the only thing from last year, like the only like I guess things that people thought were going to be fads that have still hung around are like uh, Among Us, the game Among Us, and that's about it from the pandemic yeah. times. Um, yeah. I again, yeah. I think the. I think that's about where it's going to be. None of this, don't give me any of this like highway, whatever uh, stuff for the, the crack in Canuck rivalry. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of ever. I five or whatever it's called. The I five. Yeah. The battle of the I five or something. That's no, that's boring. That's boring. No one knows. No one's going to know. No people will know it's a road and that's it. Like that's not interesting. Give it, you got to give it some oomph. This is the Pacific. Transportation infrastructure isn't, like a good name yeah. for a rivalry it's not it's not sexy it's it's not a yeah. sexy topic you gotta go okay. for something that gets a little spice in there like the battle of alberta the battle of ontario i think battle of cascadia works perfectly like that sort of thing yeah. works very well yeah um yeah but yeah uh yeah we'll see how that we'll see what people decide uh it's got to come out naturally obviously uh it and um yeah uh yeah as far as the Canuck, the it's interesting that they're going to be going from you know the canucks are going from arguably their biggest rival of the last however decade or so like maybe not necessarily in recent years but you know definitely a two a a rivalry between vancouver and chicago that had more heat than arguably any other rivalry in canucks history going to one that will probably turn into that for the foreseeable future yeah well that's a good segue so last night the chicago blackhawks lost to the vancouver canucks four to one you know we mentioned it right off the top just a few minutes ago we could put away the pitchforks for now they did win they did what they were supposed to do win in relation like you mentioned but i think there's still a few things we can glean from this game and maybe a few concerns first of all they won the game which is most important first like the old uh, al davis just win baby like that that's kind of what where the canucks were at last night just they got the win they scored a goal on the power play. The power play actually got the job done. Brock Besser at, at the side net with a great pass from uh, Elias Patterson. Jason Dickinson uh, opened the scoring for the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, there's, a, there's a few things that I think the team did well. We just mentioned the, the power play, you know, got on the board and they look like their dominant cells like we saw in that 1920 season. Uh, you know, there, there was flashes of a few players, I think, dominating at five on five, but there's still some concerns. The penalty kill, still a concern. The Blackhawks' lone goal came on the penalty kill. There were still way too easy setups for the opposition on the penalty kill. I think, you know, guys like Elias Pettersson and and Brock Besser have not looked themselves at five on five. Again, they combined for that power play goal, but they, didn't, they don't look like themselves at five on five. Uh, and immediately after the, the, the Jason Dickinson one nothing goal, they can see a penalty, which leads to the tying goal. Now, obviously, they, they got it back on track later in the game. Tanner Pearson with a tip in front. So all, all in all, Lachlan, they got the win. They got the two points in regulation, first regulation win of the season. But there are still things I think this team needs to clean up. Yeah, for sure. I am, you know, look, I'm not, you know, I think you and I are both under the idea that, you know, it's not, you know, you don't, you don't, there's no reason to panic with players like Patterson uh, and, and, and uh, not, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't throw Besser necessarily in that because this was only his second game of the season and he got a goal. Yeah. So he's had a, 
he's had a good as far as he's concerned he's had a very good start i guess i should i should him. rephrase it the lotto line in general at five on five the lotto line together. Rough. I, they got hemmed in their own zone by an, a clearly inferior chicago team far too often like they were getting like the the hawks were running circles around them uh for on numerous occasions in that game and i you know it's 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 i'm not i'm not entirely sure what to make of it because uh, obviously there are two years worth of there's one year uh where petterson was incredible right out of the gate had an amazing hot start yeah, eight one goals of the and eight times games. Yeah, one of the few times we've ever the Canucks have had a rookie go on that kind of a tear to start their career. Like obviously the Sedins took a while. Uh, the you know like you look back. Sedins on the took teams years. History. It wasn't until the after Sedins the lockout they became the Sedins yeah. that we know and yeah, love. Yeah, my yeah my I I I would if I could I would get into my hottest take in Canucks history about uh, the Sedins, but uh, well, uh, no, that, no, say, that, you can't tease me like that and not and not say it. Okay. Okay. I'll put it very quickly. And this is, I, I maintain that the, this is that the, what made Roberto Luongo so important to the Canucks is that he freed up the Sedins to be as good as they could be. Cause I think coaches were always scared to let the Sedins free wheel at their, at the level they actually were capable of because they never had quality goaltending. And, right. but that then once they got Luongo take. there, once they got Luongo there, they, it, it, Co suddenly coaches weren't afraid to let to be like okay Sedins do do your Sedinery magic go and have fun with it right because they knew the puck if there was ever a rare gaff uh that Luongo was going to shut it down at the other end I uh but um either way uh yeah like I think Pavel Burris maybe the closest and even he took like a couple games or so it took him some time um and then with Pedersen you know yeah he has the first good year Three and then three. The last three seasons for him have all been kind of slow starts. Like they weren't bad by any stretch. Well, maybe last year you could say it was a bit bad. Like he had a bit of a bad start to the year. This year is he's not been terrible. He hasn't been bad necessarily. He just hasn't been as good as you'd like. I think is the best way to put it. Yeah. Like it's very much a case of just a guy who's not playing at the level you know he's fully capable of and i don't know how to fix that that's kind of the problem is with a guy like petterson is just the fact that you're you're pretty darn sure he's gonna figure it out at some point but you don't really know how he's going to do so yeah and i think that's the concern for me is is this just a bit of a cold streak which happens to all great players and you know the old saying in hockey all great goal scorers are streaky right is this just a, a natural cold streak that Elias Patterson is going through? Or is this systematic of something bigger that we need to be concerned about? And that's, you know, not the only talking point uh, from this game. Kyle Burroughs, Kyle, has he cemented himself as a fan favorite here in Vancouver? You know, a handful of games yes. into his NHL career? Because, he, first of all, he's looked solid on that third pairing with Jack Rathbone. I think he cemented himself as, you know, a regular on that third pairing beside Jack Rathbone. We talked about it on the previous episode. It's because he knows his role. Get Let Jack Rathbone cook. Let him do his thing. Let him walk a line. Let him take some bombs from the point. And you stay back, and you'll be maybe a bit more conservative. Maybe you don't pinch a couple times a game. You know, you play yeah. that more conservative and stay back and cover for someone like Jack Rathbone because he has the skills to do something with the puck. But it's not only that. It's the fact that he stood up for Niels Hoagland, which was a bit of a dangerous hit that he took. You know, that dangerous area, just a couple you know, a foot from the boards, get slammed into the boards. And he stood up for Niels Hoaglander and 
look, there's I don't mind fights when it's like that, when you're standing up for a teammate in the heat of the moment. Well, I it's don't a mind. heat of the moment thing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like, I don't like it's like in baseball. Yes, it's like in baseball in the sense of like you like the bench clear. Like if they clear the benches organically, yeah, but, that's in, one but thing. in baseball they don't actually to, fight. They just kind of push each other ball. and kick dirt, and it's not yeah. an actual fight in baseball. Yeah. They just do it because yeah. you know they have to stand up for a team. It's no one actually fights in baseball. In hockey, yeah, no. I don't mind those heat of the moment fights. The Stop fights this. I don't like are the stage fights, like off a face off or something like that. And you know everyone clears, and it's like, oh, we're gonna fight at center ice, and we're gonna really gonna milk this. Those are the fights yeah. I don't like. But I like no. what Kyle Burroughs did. Yeah, he stood up for a teammate, and that definitely endeared him to the fans and uh, to the, you know, the, again, a crowd. Uh, for, like, you know, we ha- the Canucks haven't necessarily had a lot of, obvious- frankly, they don't have any fighters on this team. Like, there's not really an enforcer type. I wouldn't even throw Kyle Burroughs into that conversation because that's not. not clearly not his style, generally speaking. He was just standing up for a teammate. Again, heat of the moment thing, that's different. Um yeah, this is a group mostly made up of guys who are not going to drop the gloves unless it's absolutely necessary or they feel it's absolutely necessary. And that's good. You don't want to be wasting a roster spot on a guy who's just there to try and get into 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 fights and try to, you know, and spends half his time in the box. And Burroughs found a very good found in this game that he was not just, you know, capable of, you know, sticking up for his teammate like that was that was just part of it the best part of him is the fact that he was looking solid and playing a good defensive game throughout the night he was not a he was not he was clearly isn't a liability he's clear he should stay in the lineup for the foreseeable future with this team because i i don't think there's any i think he is clearly as far as like the bottom six like the 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 fringe defensemen go he is clearly the best one yeah i think he's uh he's earned his spot on a a third pairing for it the foreseeable future uh still a lot of shots given up by the vancouver canucks in this game uh they were outshot you know by a significant margin or definitely just outshot in general uh i think that's still something to be concerned about is teams like chicago and buffalo racking up the shots uh against you and it is, it is not is. like anything anything new like we all knew the defense was going to be potentially an achilles heel for this team in the regular season but you still need to do your best to try and at least if you're going to get outshot, don't get outshot as badly as you were, especially in a, in a game up in Buffalo, but in Chicago as well. And that still is concerning to me is the amount of quality chances the Canucks gave up. And like, this could have been a much closer game. Let's not, let's not forget. This could have been a much closer Against game. Against a better a team, they don't win. Against a yeah. better team, they probably don't win. Like that, that's, yeah, uh... that's a very real possibility. They don't win against, you know, if this was, a Colorado instead of Chicago. But I think in, in general, there's things to that. You got the win at, at the end of the day, but there are still things to improve on, especially on the defensive side. Right. It's, you know, they don't, they don't ask how they just ask how many in terms of the, when you come, when it comes down to points in the standings, like there's no, there's no, there's no points added for quality of competition. Like that's not a, that's not you can how only play who's on your schedule. Right. And and, and, you know, in the long term, in the long run, that is going to be a, a thing that needs to be addressed is the fact that, yeah, they won this game, but that's simply because they're clearly the better team on paper. That's not because they were the better. They actually played better than Chicago. It was very much a mix. It was they were very clearly uh, outplayed, out hustled, I should I guess is the best way of putting it. They were out hustled at many at many at many points in that game 
And a lot of the reason they came out of that win is that and how they've come out with the wins they have so far is Thatcher Demko. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Thatcher Demko in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor, Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something truly for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorite flavors. They have flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry. I'm more of a classic flavor guy. I like the strawberry, the orange, the cookies and cream. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, don't worry. You can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They only have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, so Thatcher Demko so far this season. Is he the team MVP? I don't know. It's too early to, to talk about. Yes, think, yes, he MVP. is. He is 100%. Yeah, I know as a goalie guy, you would, you would say Thatcher Demko is the team MVP. But this was the game plan heading into the season, right? We knew the defense was going to be, you know, suspect. We knew we knew that. So we need we knew we needed a big performance all season from the likes of Thatcher Demko to prop up that defense. And he did it last night. Again, the Chicago Blackhawks could have had you know, two, three goals in this game, if not for Thatcher Demko. Like, they had their chances, but Demko hold the, held the door. Yep. All three, ga- all, all three games that they have points in so far, like I said uh, before the break, uh, are on, they owe most of, they owe, they owe all of them to Thatcher Demko. Like, he won, the, he stole them points against a lot of teams. Like, Edmonton, they got a point against Edmonton because he only, because he only allowed two goals against, a one of the best the best teams uh scoring teams in the national hockey league um they won against philadelphia because he held them in for long stretches of that game and uh into a shootout they and they won tonight and they won they won this last game because of how well he played and this is yeah again i think thatcher demko is very clearly like right now if if we're if we were if there was an early mvp award to be handed out he would be it um, because yeah, there have been a lot of games where either the defense has kind of taken the night off or like parts of it, or at least like, you know, parts, teams, players have taken the night off and it's not looked good. And Thatcher Demko has held the door shut. And yeah, he has been looking very, very good at, to the point where like, if you actually go and look at his stats, um, this is not just from like, eye test stuff, even like either. Right. If you, um, I did an article for Canucks army, uh, talking about kind of like stuff that, uh, I've noticed from the first five games of the year. And if you go to NHL stats right now, um, Thatcher Demko is, faced, is tied for the most shots against uh, in the NHL with the Islanders' Ilya Sorokin. Um, the Islanders, despite, really? That, that's surprising. Yeah, that is, which, yeah, again, another, it's a surprising case of, oh, the Islanders have given up a lot of shots. Um, and in that time so in the four game in the exact same number of games so it's a clean slate for both of them it's a clean spot for both of them uh in that time Sorokin has uh, a save percentage of about i think hovering around 902 if i remember correctly like so so not not probably not like not great you know like very much a uh right about where you'd expect for a goaltender who's playing who's faced the most shots in the league but still not like great Thatcher Demko is sporting a 922 which is wow insane considering 
again, he's faced the most shots in the NHL. Is that all that situations is, or is that even strength? That was all, I believe that's all situations. That's just okay. a full across the board. It is insane. At, at one point he was behind, oh, like before yesterday's game, he was behind Andre Vasilevsky, who, and Vasilevsky has a sub 900 save percentage. I know, so, I have him on my fantasy but, team. I took him high. Whoops. Uh, yeah. Uh, good luck the rest of the hopefully way turn, for you, my friend. Hopefully he turns it around. Yeah, I mean, he's Andre Vasilevsky. He'll find his game again for sure. Um, but yeah, Thatcher Demko has played and punched far above his weight uh, to win the, some points for this team. Again, I think that by the end of this season, I really do think that people are going to look at him as one of the premier goaltenders in the National Hockey League. I think he's going to be in the conversation with the Vasilevskis, with the Hellebucks, with those guys, with those with those goaltenders. I think he'll very much be in that group at the end of the year. Um, it's only a, the question really becomes uh, down the line is going to be: Do they trust Yaroslav Halak to be able to give him enough to give Demko enough rest? Can they? rely on Halak to come and play a full 15, 20 games, probably more, uh, to keep their to keep their number one guy rested enough to uh keep those results coming. Yeah, and, and that is a good point because obviously the Vancouver Canucks, they need Thatcher Demko for the most part to prop up that defense. And I'm looking at their schedule right now. Obviously they're playing uh tomorrow uh against Seattle. But after that, there's not really that many back-to-backs i think the next back-to-back is the 13th and 14th between the golden knights and the ducks so i mean yep. it, it's going out of style in the nhl right like these workhorse uh a- a- nhl goalies right you know back when luongo was first series I think he started like 70 something games and you know yeah, all you, these guys starting 70s you don't see that anymore you see much yeah, more you, of a goalie tandem but yeah you know it so there's a situation where obviously the next logical start for her lack is you know, the 13th or the 14th against either Golden Knights or Ducks. And you could, uh, natural, like it, for the Canucks, you almost, you're tempted to just play Thatcher Demko in all these games, but you'd obviously between now and those back-to-backs, you want to give them at least a bit of a break. Oh yeah. They're, they're going to be very tempted to play him in all of those games. And I am going to tell, uh, encourage them not to do that. Listen to um, yeah, because yeah, and here's the thing. Like again, the part of the 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 logic that's lost a lot of the time is the idea that oh, a people look at the second game in the back to back as a bona fide loss. They look at it as like this. Ah, it's a throwaway game. As long as we win the first one, who cares? Which they shouldn't do. And number two, like you mentioned, yeah, the like it's not only just the fact that playing a goalie 70 plus games is going out of style. It's the fact that straight up, you should not do it anymore. You should not play a goaltender that much. Uh, the great, the example I always bring up with people uh, whenever I talk about goaltending workload is back in, I think it was 2016, 17 cam Talbot was, was the goal was the number one goalie for the Oilers. And I believe they started him in 72 games, something like that. And he had a great year. He was awesome. He was awesome the whole way through yeah. into the playoffs. They made it to the second round against Anaheim, lost in game seven, whatever. By the time they came back, he was so cooked. He was so burnt out that he had a terrible, he got off to a terrible start the next year and never really, and it took him years to recover confidence wise and that like, and putting that energy back into it. Like it takes so much out of you. 
And again, a lot of goaltending is about your confidence and how you're feeling in the net. Once you get, once you start to lose that, it really can take a huge slide and completely cave your stats. I think Martin Jones is another guy who really suffered from that. He got overplayed by the Sharks for quite a while, and uh, and then had a and then very quickly his he started to get worse and worse, and it started to go downhill for him because the confidence started to dip from playing a lot more bad games. And um, I don't want that. I. I can, I can, I don't want that to happen to Thatcher Demko. I can, he's going to be a very good goaltender if you give him his rest, if you make sure you have a more than capable guy to back him up who can play. Honestly, like in my, in my opinion, like you almost got to look at it a little bit like uh, a pitching starting rotation almost where you're not, you're not, maybe you're not playing them 50 50. You're not splitting them a straight up 50 50, but you got to look at it kind of close to there. You got to look at it and the idea of okay, we're gonna start Yaro Halak maybe it maybe like somewhere around like the thirty game mark, somewhere around thirty, maybe thirty five even, because you if you believe you're a playoff team, you want to keep Demko healthy and rested because then you're gonna need him to play every single game, and you don't want injuries and fatigue to come into fact into play. So after this Seattle game, that's going to be their last game on the road for quite a bit. They have a seven-game homestand after this. How many starts would you give Halak in that homestand? And I'll put you on the spot as well. Which starts would you give him? I'd have to look again. I don't know the the schedule off by heart. They're playing the Wild, the Fly. I'll tell you the order order right now. Wild, then the Flyers, then the Oilers, then the Rangers, then the Predators, then the Stars, and then the Ducks. And then they're back on the road. Okay. Um... I would say you got to, I would say for now, uh, homestand, give him, you, I would like to see Halak maybe play two. Like, I'd like to see him play two. Uh, I'd like to see him get into maybe, I think the Predators game would be a good one, would be a good one for him. Uh, the Predators are not a very, are not a, like an incredibly strong team right now, but it's a good goaltending matchup because you're probably getting UC Soros that night. And I think that's a good measuring stick. Um, and maybe against, um, um, I'm trying to think back. Maybe the Rangers might be an interesting choice as well. Um, one of those those kinds of groups. Just again, I, again, I don't think it matters if you're if you believe in your goaltenders enough. I don't think it matters too much who the team is. I think it's just a matter of making sure it's an even split and you're not say going six, going with like six straight of of Demko and then going to Halak for one and then going another fifteen before you start him again, kind of thing, right? I think it's a matter of you know. Find the breaks where you can. Honestly, consistency is usually key. So if you want to start, if let's say they wanted to start him two games out of the seven, then maybe you go something where it's like, okay, uh, Demko starts the next three, one for Halak. Start three, one for Halak. Kind of go in that kind of style. Um, again, it depends on who your goaltenders are. It's completely different. Like every goalie is different, obviously. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of communicating with your goaltenders, communicating with, communicating with Ian Clark. Uh, their goaltending coach and uh, just figuring out what the best way to approach things is. Yeah, I think, uh, I think monitoring the starts for Demko uh, throughout the season is going to be a storyline to watch because like you said, you don't want to burn the guy out before, before the playoffs. We, we know the goal for the Canucks this year is to make the playoffs. You don't want to burn that guy out uh, before the playoffs start. So tomorrow night, we expect uh, Thatcher Demko to get the start against the first ever Cascadia conflict, uh, Seattle and Vancouver in Seattle. Uh, we're going to preview that game for you. Uh, before we do that, though, we're, we'll talk about 
our friends at betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball and NHL season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the, our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Lachlan, tomorrow night, the very first game in the Cascadia conflict, Seattle versus Vancouver. This should be a, a very, very fun game. Now, for Seattle, they had their first game against the other most recent expansion team, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, opening night in the NHL. They were down 3-0, battled back to make it 3-3 before losing uh, losing that game. They managed to win the next game, their first ever victory uh, in, their, in their history, 4-3 against the Nashville Predators. But since then, uh, three straight losses, uh, a 2-1 OT loss against the Blue Jackets, 6-1 loss to the hands of the Philadelphia Flyers, total beat down there. And then the last game, uh, on uh, on Thursday as well, 4-2 to the New Jersey Devils. So, I mean, they they had a they had a good start one and one, and then the wheel they're kind of like the Canucks where they had a bit of a losing streak, but they haven't been able to bounce back like the Canucks have uh, in their most recent contest. It's going to be a tough environment. It's going to this is yeah. the first ever home game for the Seattle Kraken. The fans are going to be jacked. They're going to be pumped. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. I'm sure there's going to be a cool opening ceremony to start the front start the season home season there start the franchise home games there it's, it's going to be electric atmosphere and for the canucks perspective i mean we talked about this on yesterday's episode the mood surrounding this team can completely change if you get the win here you have two on the bounce heading home or i would i would qualify just a, a, a very good showing in the sense that you're not badly outshot by the other team and maybe a grind out a point I, depending on how this game goes, I think you have the you have the win against Chicago. You come in here to Seattle and you maybe get a result, another two points. The mood completely changes around this team heading into that home opener against the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I will say it's a little funny. You you mentioned how similar the Canucks and the Kraken are, uh, at least so far, like this season and everything. It's I gotta say it's a little sad that we have that we're like I know why we're we're allowed to do this right now, but imagine comparing a team that's been around for fifty plus years to a first year expansion. Yeah, franchise but ever, all the all the analytics the guys are saying Seattle is going to be a very good team this year. So it, it, they, they, this are is they? a team. I thought a yeah. lot, see, I heard a lot of them actually. I saw the athletic project well them for being in the high nineties. Interesting. Like 96 I think that's points. Now, I think partially that's due to the fact that the Pacific Division is not good. It's also due um, to the fact that, let's be real, all these people were wrong about the Vegas Golden Knights. Everyone and their dog was wrong about the Vegas Golden Knights. And you got you got to want you. It's natural human instinct to overcompensate a bit the next time, you know, a situation like this comes in and says, hey, these guys are going to be pretty good. Hey, still lots of season. Yeah. Still lots of season to be played. But mm -hmm. a lot I, of people, I mean, a, lot, I, a lot of the models were saying that Seattle is going to be a very good team. High 90s, all borderline playoff team, maybe a playoff team. So right in the wheelhouse oh, of the oh, Canucks. I, yeah, I definitely think they're going to make the playoffs. But yeah, most of that is due to the fact that I think, again, I don't think the division around them is very good. Uh, I think they're going to get Andre Palat back. They're going to get, or they just did. Um they're going to get Yanni Gord. Uh, You're thinking Yanni Gord. Yon, or sorry, yeah, sorry, on, Yanni Gord. I knew one of them was from the Lightning. 
Uh, I knew they got one of those lightning guys. Um, and I believe uh, Cal Yardcrow just came off of uh, the COVID restriction list because um, they had a couple. They lost a couple guys to that too uh, to start the year. Um, yeah, this is this is a very big game in the history of the Vancouver Canucks. Like we might not think about that right now um, because of the fact that look, the Canucks are in the middle of have their own kind of problems going on right now, have their own like issues going on that are taking you know the spotlight away from what might have what say if both teams were at their best, uh, mm -hmm. what might have been one of the like a cool thing. But make no mistake, this is a very big game for the history of the team. They're finally getting an actual geographical rival because yes. let's be honest here, Calgary does not count. No. And it's San a Jose 12 hour count. drive. It's a 12 hour a drive to Calgary. It's a 12 hour drive. It's a time zone jump away. And uh, it's a, and in San Jose's case, it's an hour and a half flight to California to, to get there. That's and, and in all of those cases, um, the Canucks aren't even their main rival. Like the Canucks are not the Sharks main rival. That's the Kings or the Ducks, depending on who's doing better. Uh, obviously they're not Calgary's because that's Edmonton. This is the first time that they're actually getting a real geographical rival. One that will, and a rivalry that will actually stand the test of time as an actual like battle between two cities that really have like that have wanted that kind of atmosphere mm -hmm. they've got it a little bit with obviously with the vancouver whitecaps and the seattle sounders and the mls yeah, but the, the, the the seattle sounders have kicked vancouver but yeah, yeah exactly the, the entire have time they've been the in mls like it's been very really one-sided yeah that's all been a lopsided battle and also you know like even then it's like you know we're not talking about you know soccer is obviously still like very much the fit like at least sorry i should say major league soccer is very much the fifth league still is very yes. much a fifth league the NHL is still in, is in the upper echelon and they're obviously you're never going to see a Vancouver NFL team. You're not going to see a Vancouver MLB team anytime soon. NBA, who knows? This is it. This is your, this is your moment. This is your, your chance to get a real Seattle Vancouver uh, rivalry going in one of those big four leagues. And it's between a team that actually where the, where Vancouver actually has history. They actually have, they're coming in as the, the the titan of the sport almost in a way just based on the fact that this is the, like seattle's the one with the new team here and i think it's going to be very cool it's going to be cool seeing them play at the old uh at i guess climate pledge arena now which actually looks really cool um the former key arena uh it um it's it's honestly the fact that it's taken this long for seattle to get an nhl franchise is shocking is shocking it should have been there a long time ago it just needed the place to the people and the place to play and yeah it's going to be a very big game for the team and one of those games where it's like okay like even if they had say gone zero and five to start the year if you were going to win a game i want that to see them win this one yes. more than maybe any game for the rest of the year i want them to spoil the party so badly they need if this if you want to get this rivalry off on the right foot, you need to win the first one. You absolutely yeah. need to win the first game and hold that over them forever. And it's a shame that we're doing it at a time where it's kind of hard to to go down there to watch the game if you're a Canucks fan, right? Like it's you gotta Tell jump through a it. few hoops. And uh it, it's a dip, it's a, it's unfortunate timing, but hopefully we get to a point where we can, you know, go up and down from Seattle to Vancouver and and watch this rivalry in person because I think it'll be a, it'll be a fun spirited one. A couple things yeah. I'm interested to watch in this game: the goaltending matchup, Th Thatcher Demko versus uh, Philip Grubauer. As I like to call him, Philip Poobauer, because he has these games 
Lachlan, and I've had it from experience because I had him on my fantasy team last year. This is from experience. He has, and he did it already against the Flyers. He has these games. Well, he'll let in maybe two, three goals, completely deflate the team, and the game's over from there. And it worked in Colorado because there was a couple, there's a few times where he did that, and Colorado had enough firepower to come back and win this game. But he has a tendency, Philip Grubauer slash Poobauer, that he will let in like two, three goals in the first period and completely deflate the team, and that's it. It's game over. I'm interested to see in the goaltending batch, in matchup in this one. Yeah, this is very much a case where you're putting Demko in, you're going to have your number one, your best team. Like, it, again, it's very much the case of the Canucks want the best team possible on the ice. Um, they're going to play, they're going to, this will, I will very much, I expect to see like the best effort of the entire road trip out of this group, even more so than the game against Edmonton. I would hope so. You got to be Jack for this type of game. You like, you should be coming in. Yeah. You should be coming in with a, uh, with a, with more Jack for any game, maybe even more than the home opener in Vancouver. Like this is a game that you are going to want to be. The you want to come out of this so badly with the two points because you know what this kind of what's on the line as far as like as far as a new rival is concerned, um, and yeah, I think I think the goaltending battle is going to be very good. I think I think Grubauer is a very good goaltender. Like yeah, he has his games, he has his inconsistencies. Um, the Canucks, if they want to exploit that, they need to get pucks on pucks to the net pretty quick. They need to try, they need to put, they need to make, force him to make saves early. That's what a lot of these teams do. Like if you let him relax and settle into the game, you're going to have a much harder time getting that up, that kind of an opportunity off of him. You very much want to make him uncomfortable. You want to throw people and bodies to the net. You need to make sure that you're forcing rebounds. Uh, because if I was at, look, I was at the, the preseason game in Vancouver between them, uh, between them and the Kraken and the Canucks. And uh, Grubauer stood in his head. He had a shutout. He got a shutout in that game. Uh, and he looked great the entire night. So you'd very much have to. And part of that was just due to the fact that early going, they didn't get the kind of quality. And by the time that they actually were starting to get them there, they weren't, they, he was, he was in, he was locked in for the entire night. So you have to, you have to get there early. You have to get, you have to, you have to control the pace of play. Uh, you, did you not like my uh, my Poobauer nickname for Grubauer? I'm a goalie. I'm anti any sort of goalie, uh, uh, any sort of goalie slander. You, you didn't uh, mind when presence. I called Gar- unless, Carter Hart. Unless, unless it's Tim Thomas or Jonathan yes. Quick, then by all means, do whatever you want. You, I can you, care you, less. You chuckled when I called Carter Hart, Carter Fart. I don't. I I think I because you know what I've heard the Grubauer one before, but I haven't. I think the Hart one was new. Okay, <laughs> that All was right. a new one. I got come up with some new material then. Uh, one more thing I'm looking uh, looking at from this game is if Jared McCann scores because you know how Canucks Twitter works. Oh, you're, you're you gonna be get, you're gonna why get re, you you're gonna everyone is gonna be relitigating the Jared McCann Eric and Branson trade all over again, and nothing new will get be said. Everyone's already dug in. And we're just gonna, so someone's cool. we're going to get if, if he scores against Canucks, especially in this game, you're there's it's going to be a long night because there's going to be a lot of pointless arguments online. It's been five. First of all, sorry, it's been five years. And how many different teams have given up on him? Uh, given up on him? I get yeah, it's a bad trade. Up on him. He was good. Like they, the, 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 the penguin, he was one of the better players. Yeah, But he's been, he's been cycled through so many teams at this point. How many teams you could, if you want to mention the Canucks, 
given up on Jeremy Kant. Sure. The Panthers and the Penguins. The Camp Panthers and the Penguins. The Leafs traded for him and gave gave him up for nothing. And they that was a them. stupid choice. That was a bad choice. Again, Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas, biggest fraud in the NHL. Um, yeah. I'm, and you know what's interesting is also um, last night. Um, last night, uh, I forget. I forget if it was a tweet or if somebody said it on the broadcast. But uh, obviously, the one goal the Hawks got last night was Alex DeBrincat, who they Canucks oh, would have been able I, yeah, to draft. I heard. I heard. Had I heard. They not I, I heard this. I heard this. Don't. I, I know. I know. I know. I know. They could have McCann and DeBrincat I know. right now. Lachlan, you're just, you're, just re, you're rehashing these things again. No, nothing new has been said. That's such an old story. I, I I actually did not remember the part about Debrinket. I did not know that was that was part of it. I did not remember that was part of the that was part of the potential there. Uh, it. Long story short, like look, yeah, sometimes that- some sorry sorry Canucks Twitter is just so predictable. At some points, I knew going into that game if Debrinket was going to score, someone's going to bring up. Oh, you know they could have had Debrinket if they didn't trade that second round pick. And then you know yeah, Canucks it's a, Twitter it's is going to be so. It's not it any, is, until they less win true, cup, but it's, it's like, not any less true. Like you, you don't, I, I like to live my life off and out of sight, out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. I don't want to be reminded of these things. Don't remind me. Yeah, good positive you know vibes only. Jim Benning. Jim Benning also doesn't want to be reminded of his. No, he probably. You know what? No, he probably. He probably thinks he. He probably thinks he made the right call there. Oh, I'm sure. And then, uh, and, and he, I'm sure he will. Even if Jared McCann comes out and scores a hat trick, uh, drops a hat trick on him like Tyler Toffoli did last year. Uh, hey, you know what? Jeremy McCann's getting a ton of opportunity in Seattle. First line center, first power play. Like he's been put, he's being put in the situation, especially in an expansion team team like Seattle to succeed. Right. And we'll, we'll see how I have on my fantasy team. Another player. I have my fantasy team that we uh, talked about today for that very reason. Cause he's, he's going to get a lot of ice time, just like a lot of these uh, Seattle Kraken players, but it uh, should be a fun game uh, tomorrow night. I imagine there's going to be a pretty cool uh, pregame ceremony so puck drop maybe a bit later than 7 p.m but make sure you watch the game starting right at 7 again i have a feeling there's going to be a pretty cool pre-game ceremony for the first ever game at home in seattle kraken history but that has it for today's episode of locked on canucks part of the locked on podcast network thank you once again for making locked on canucks your first listen of the day now make sure your second listen of the day is locked on fantasy hockey Hope Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, this is Locked On Connects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Nick Bondi. Follow me on Twitter at Nick Bondi. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have full video episodes on there for every episode. Lachlan, where can people find you and your work? You can find me on Twitter at Lock of the Crease. You can find me on uh, my writing at CanucksArmy.com. And you can find uh, my, and you can check out my other podcast, The Crease Cast, which I host with Cody Severson Mondays and Thursdays. Awesome. All, all great stuff. Once again, Locked on Canucks. Thank you for listening.